Chuck. What up? Which country's capital has the fastest growing population? Uh, I don't know. It's Ireland. Because every day it's Dublin. Okay, fair enough. Okay, yesterday a clown held the door open for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was such a nice jester. Ah! <laughs> the machine at the coin factory just suddenly stopped working with no explanation. Well, that sucks. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, give me two more. I'll give you one more. <laughs> I was going to make myself a belt made out of watches. Okay. But then I realized it would be a waste of time, what folks. A, what an absurd premise just to get a pl- get to a play on words. <laughs> Let's start the show. Let's go. Well, I know Nick is a podcast and you're listening to it today. Well, I know Nick is a podcast and it's hosted by Chuck and Jay. We don't know what we're going to do and we don't know what we're going to say. But all we know is we're not going to today. Yeah, we're not going to today. Not Nordic gmail.com Guys, are really us. What number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! That's right, everybody. Yes! <laughs> That's it. Yes! Welcome to episode 69 of the world famous We're Not Nordic Podcast. Podcast. I'm Chuck. Hi, and I'm Jay. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna break uh, break kayfabe as they say in wrestling. Now we we uh, before last week we were off for two years and a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I always joked whenever the podcast came up that I hoped we could do at least two more of them so we could say that we made it to sixty nine. And guess what? We're we, here. Yeah, we got it. We I, did it. I feel good. Okay. Good night. All right. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> no. So listen, we're gonna break tradition here. We're not gonna do news today. I have this segment. That I've been meaning to do since about two and a couple months, years ago, and wonder shows. And wow. So, so we're going to skip the 20 minute discussion about mac and cheese this week? Yes, we are going <laughs> to skip. Folks, we're going right into this segment I like to call Demo Days, where I talk to somebody about a band from the past that they were in and um, just break down. So I'm sitting here with Chuck. Hi, Chuck. And you were in what band? Drawing Dead. Okay, and where where were you from? Philadelphia. We started in my basement in North Philadelphia. Okay. So, talk to me about your first demo. Our first demo, our first practice was in October of 2005. We wrote five songs super quickly and recorded them in December. We'd only been a band for two months at that point. We booked two days at... uh, Jesus, what is the name of the studio? Is it uh, Gradwell House? Yes, in okay. uh, in South Jersey. You weren't supposed to interrupt. Um, I apologize. Uh, it's run by uh, Steve, Steve Paponi, who is in a band called... Uh, uh, oh, I thought that dude was talking to us. Um, it, the dude from Sandlot was yelling at us. Um, Steve was in a band called Up, Up, Down, Down, and the other engineer was a guy by the name of Dave Downham. We recorded for a Saturday and a Sunday... Uh, we recorded super quickly. We were in, we left like midway through the day on Sunday. Our drummer had a really out of tune drum kit, and most of the first day was spent tuning his drums. I didn't quite have all the lyrics down. I remember finishing lyrics to one song, literally walking into the vocal booth, and then they mastered it later. And I 
think I want to say we had physical copies of it for sale by March or something. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, talk to me about your first show. Our first show was on New Year's Eve, uh, 2005, uh, December 31st, 2005. It was at a church in... I actually had it written down somewhere. I don't know what... I want I want to say it was Lansdale. Um, a John Bowes band played, so that sounds right to me. It was us. It was a band called... What was the metal band John was in? Cetus? No, not Cetus. Um, Ellipsis. Ellipsis? Yes. Cetus was a Dave Heck band. Ellipsis played. Dead Again played. And I can't quite remember who else. We, our guitar player was a guy named Matt Cliver, who later started a band called Leather, who put out a 7-inch on J-Tree Records, which I thought was pretty cool. And Matt, actually, we committed to the first show and Matt couldn't make it so for our first show we had a fill-in guitar player who was a guy by the name of Tim Butterly his brother is Paul Butterly he was in Little League and all those things but Tim's a pretty talented guitar player himself and he actually does comedy and stuff now so Tim practiced with us not much once or twice maybe but Tim I want to say his guitar broke or something so Tim didn't have a guitar to play so I spoke to John Lowe, uh, who played guitar in Dead Again, who loaned Tim his guitar. It was his spare guitar, and it happened to be this super ridiculous flying V. And so we played first. We played all five songs that we had, which couldn't have taken more than 12 minutes with lots of pauses. And I left the show early and went home and watched the Twilight Zone marathon. <laughs> Best memory with the band got to be playing the first Unitarian Church. Yeah, that was in May of 2006. Uh, a friend of mine, um, Greg Daly, shout out to Greg Daly, he w- had booked a show with Dillinger 4. Dillinger 4 uh, is one of my favorite bands, and he knew that, and he actually had these plans to book us with Dillinger 4. When that fell through, and then by some weird twist he offered us a show with uh, this band Tragedy from Portland who were like one of the big like D-beat crust bands and the other band there were a couple Japanese hardcore bands that played Forward and Warhead and another local band and we opened and we were very much out of place on the show musically but that can be fun sometimes and just I'd seen so many cool shows at the church and it was definitely a bucket list thing to get to play there so that's the one that sticks out at me. Okay. How did this band affect your life? Well, I mean, we were not a band for long. We played our first show, like I said, New Year's, and our last show was in July of that next year. So we were a band, in true hardcore band fashion, we burned out very quickly. <laughs> and then we did play a reunion in 2007, when, every, when all the, you know how it is, sometimes when a band breaks up, like there's some some weird bad blood but a couple years went by and that kind of subsided and we thought it'd be fun to play one more show to kind of because we didn't have a last show or anything we just stopped playing so we did a last show in 2007 but the first drummer was a guy named Paul and the second guitar player after Matt left was a guy named Jake and Paul and Jake became original members of my band The Mad Splatter that I I was in for a, a lot longer than Drawing Dead 
So I guess that is a big effect is, you know, that was my first time playing in a band with those guys and they became bandmates of mine for a long time after that. Other than that, I don't know. I This is a whole sidebar, but I, I got a little, little disillusioned with the quote-unquote the scene when I was playing in that band. So a lot of the things and the people that I was around at that time is stuff that I've kind of chosen to distance myself from a little bit in the last 15 years. That's fair. All right, what's what are some favorite bands from that era or scene? Definitely Blacklisted. Blacklisted was really hitting on all cylinders. That, that, that was kind of the band that I think all the other hardcore bands kind of aspired to be in our area at that point. Not musically, but they were just so tight, and they took it so seriously, too, you know? They were really, like, they were... I don't want to say Blacklisted didn't look like they were having fun, but they just... They're a band that always seemed intent on, like, just fucking kicking everybody's ass every time they went on stage, and I always envied that. Um... There's a band from the suburbs called How It Ends that we played with that I thought was really good. Uh, I liked them. Um, Jay just gave me a look. I, I liked How It Ends. I thought they were good live. And um, efforts made. E. No, I, I mean, I don't know what was going on nationally at that point, really. It's kind of a blur to me, but Blacklisted is the one that really sticks out at that point in time. Okay. Anything you want to plug or promote or give a shout out to? As far as drawing dead or just in general? Just in general. Um, I'm playing a show with the Prozacs uh, September 8th. That's about it. I. Yeah, that's it. Drawing dead was fun. We might play one more show next year. I was just telling Jay about this. I don't know who exactly will play because our, our second drummer who was playing when we broke up it lives in California now. I don't think anybody knows where our bass player is. He kind of fell off the face of the earth and I don't think Matt, Matt uh, the first guitar player would play so it would probably be me, Jake, Paul maybe Paul and then we'd have to get a scab on bass so if you want to do it you let me know Okay, that's it though alright and let's play a track which one you pick uh, standing 8 count okay sure. here we go this is Drawing Dead oh. on Demo Days oh, standing 8 count that this was my first time being the quote-unquote frontman in a band, and I had no idea that that was way too many fucking words to write for that part of that song. <laughs> Great job. Thanks. Yeah, like I said, that was that first part was a fucking mouthful to sing, if I remember correctly. Live, I couldn't imagine how much that would be. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, that was about somebody specific. But we won't we won't uh, spill the tea on the podcast. Okay. 
Well, thank you very much for your time. Thanks. So I'm I'm all done. You're, you're all done. Yeah. Right on. Uh, hey. So guess what? So now that now that we've done demo days and the demo days have been done, uh, guess what time it is? What's that? It's TJ time. That's what I should have done on that song. Okay. Oh, so. do you, oh, we want to play the songs. Oh, I forgot TJ had songs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here they here they are, folks. Yeah. Bringing them back. Hang on one second. TJ time is here again. He's got something to say. It could be what he had for lunch or the music that he's listening to today. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Next stop, TJ Time. honest i kind of forget what those sound like i'm gonna have to listen to them back myself after after we're done here (laughs) all right so tj do we want to explain tj or do we want to go just right into it we can i think we can dive okay so tj's at the beach okay tj's coming from the shore here we go yo 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 just checking in with a very very special beach cowboy that's all in caps edition of tj time Yeehaw MFers. I want to start off by welcoming you all back. Nice to be back. Thank you. TJ, it's a pleasure. It warms my damn heart to be TJ timing again. Anyway, let's start off with a breakfast report. This summer... Eyes are closed. Go ahead. Let's hear it. I've been hitting the beach in Cape May almost every weekend. Usually go to the McGlade's on the pier for an omelet as soon as I get into town. You ready for the omelet? I'm ready. Today, he had a bacon, tomato... And cream cheese omelet with home fries, some cantaloupe, and of course, rye toast. Okay. As an aside, I think cream cheese on the omelet's a little underrated. Okay. I think it's good. Um, couple that with a nice tall Ar- Arnold Palmer for my sip. Oh, yeah, that's. Well, hold, on, uh, hold on, I already got a problem. Okay. You know when you talk when you talk toast, some some homies like it dry. Now, did he put butter? Was there, there was there jam? You know we, what I mean? TJ, we need clarification. Exactly. Let us know what's what's on the toast? Palaner's all fruit. Call it whatever you want, but don't call it jelly. Don't call me late for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Um, Arnold Palmer's are excellent. Thumb, thumbs up or thumbs down on Arnold Palmer's. Uh, I'm talking Templars. We're doing Power Fist. That's sideways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if anyone listens to the Templars, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you should. Yes. Uh, okay. Currently, I'm sitting on the beach enjoying the breeze and waiting for an appropriate time to make myself a little Aperol, Ap- Aperol spritz. Aperol spritz. I know that's like the, the hip cocktail. Is it? Yeah. Uh, girl, now? Yeah. Gotts is, uh, has been known to order one of those from time to time. Okay. Watching the water makes me think of this new reality show I started watching. It's called Surviving the Raft. It's on HBO Max, and if you like funny Garbaggio TV, I'd say check it out. I do like funny Garbaggio <laughs> TV. I might have to give that a look. Okay. 
currently listening to Panda Bear Sonic Boom album Reset that came out last year. It's a really fun, light, positive vibe that is perfect for summer, in my opinion, anyway. Chuck, Jay, what have been your go-to summertime albums this season? Nice. Oh, a prompt for us. Yeah, very good. Gentlemen, I hope you're both doing well, are happy, and enjoying the summer with your family and loved ones. Thanks, Teach. With all that said, I think it's time for that Aperol, Aperol Spritz. Big love from your boy. Tony. T-Nut, <laughs> Twisted T, Tone Dial, The Sand Crab, Toenail, Worm, TJ McGillicuddy, Bowler Derby Debbie, Oyster Lover 69, your friend, T. Oh. Peace and love. Love the pick, too. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. Still, looks, Folks, still a hunk. Come on. Look look at that. Look at that. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band flat brand. That is <laughs> styling and profiling. Thank you, TJ. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Yeah, you're, you always have a segment on this show, my friend. You know. Always swerving that yonk. And always going Uncle Buck Wild. That's very important. You know what I mean? So, uh, summertime albums. For this for this summer? Well, or he did ju- say, just in general? He did say for this summer, but... Uh, okay, so what have you been going? What 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 has been your go-to? It's funny, because we were just talking about this. We were going to do top five songs recently that uh, we've been listening to, but... Uh, I've been listening to a lot of heavy stuff. I'm not going to lie. My, my playlist hasn't been very summery. Okay. But I will say that... Uh, I mean, I know we talked about I always listen to Sublime at least once when the weather gets warm. Fair enough. I like uh, 59 Sound by the Gaslight Anthem. I think that's 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 a good windows down driving type album. Okay, well, so why, why don't we why don't we get a little um, why don't we get a little playlist together? Okay. And let's come right back. Let's let's get these songs off off the airwaves. We'll get them and we'll make a little playlist and we'll play each song so you guys get the vibe that we're going through let's, this summer, okay? Let's we'll be right back. You can vibe. Yeah, hold on. It'll take us about 69 seconds, folks. Cuz it's I, he episode didn't he, 69. He, he didn't cue into it. Right, one, two, six, 69 seconds, folks. Summer Jams playlist. We just on the fly threw together a Summer Jams playlist just for uh, our boy Toenail. Yeah, it only took us about 60. All right. We're, you got it. Yeah, I'm, we're, I'm sorry. It's you okay. Gotta, like, you know, me. we're still getting into the groove, guys. You yeah, know, it's, it's only been about 69 nine. No, months. Okay. No, it's been it's been two weeks. You know that. Yeah, we, know. we never stopped. 60. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. But uh, if you have summer jams to send in, as always, feel free. I uh, do still check the, uh, I have the Instagram linked, so you can message us on Instagram. Or, of course, write to where? Not Nordic Pod. At, at gmail.com. <laughs> if I can ever figure out how to get back into it, I will read any and all emails. I'll read them on the air no matter how stupid they are. And Toenail, I mean, come on. You didn't give us any suggestions on some tunes to, to rock out to? Yeah, you know we, what I mean? so we need to know about the toast and we need to know about the summer jam. That's two things that you're falling off on, dude. I know it's you got to get back into the groove, you know. Groove is in the ha. What exactly is, what's it, what exactly is in an Aperol spritz? I don't know. Apps, so you gotta. So, bro, first you got your camera, you got your your settings, and you got your wallet, and Cr- then uh, you got your rainbird for the spritz, <laughs> so uh, or what, hunter, whatever. It's supposed to have an aromatic citrusy taste. Okay. Uh, it mixes the flavor of the the bittersweet orange flavor with herbal and woody notes from the aperol, and per- perfectly complemented by the subtle sweetness, floral notes, and delicate bubbles of the prosecco. Just nice. just drink a sweet or a twisted tea instead. Come on. Now. There you go. Or a twisted tea or five. Uh, or ten. E. Or eleven. All e. right. So summertime playlist. 
Okay. What, what do we got? Okay, so we're starting first with the back seat, the Gaslight Anthem. Yeah. So do you want to talk about this track before we play? Um, the lyrics of this are, um, it actually mentions summer. It's, um, the lyrics are, uh, summer always brought it, that wild and reckless breeze. And, and in the back seat, we just tried to find some room for our knees. And um, my friend Sean, who used to be my roommate, who we've mentioned, I remember um, his first... Well, not his first car, but his first car we did a lot of driving in was like a like a Hyundai or something. It was one of those ones where the seats folded up. Okay. And so it wasn't a four-door. Like a two-door. Yeah, yeah obviously. And, <laughs> and so there were like five of us, and whoever had to sit in the back was obviously very crowded. And just like that line in the back seat, we just tried to find some room for our knees. Like, brings me immediately back to that time, like driving around and doing whatever it is that teenagers do a million years ago. Oh, I understand. I had a Hyundai Excel you know, hatchback, so... I, I mean... Two-door. Uh, just to pull back the curtain, Jay, Jay is very tall, so <laughs> I feel like anything short of a minivan might be a little cramped for you. That but. is true. All right, so here we are. Gaslight Anthem with the back seat. Okay, we'll play to the hook, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll play to the hook with each song, guys. Sit back and listen to some new tracks. Well, in this case, one that came out like 15 years ago, but hey. That's okay. There's the line. There it is. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think even besides the fact that he specifically mentioned summer in the hook, I think that song's got a very summery vibe. Okay. I think that whole album is very summery. I mean, obviously, I don't know if anybody listening to this has never listened to that band, but obviously, that dude likes Bruce Springsteen. I was gonna say it's it's what's one of those um, story songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it, the focus isn't the music. The music is the background of the story. You know what I mean? Although there is a really cool noisy part at the end that I think is really good. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the Fifty Nine Sound is the album, and I. I really, really enjoy that album. So if for some reason it's escaped you in the 15 or so years since it came out, if you like that, I recommend checking it out. Okay. So what do you got? So I got Slim Gaylord. This song is called Potato Chips. It came out a long time ago, longer than 15 years ago. And for some reason I've been getting into this big band um, thing where these big bands sing songs about food. Oh. And for some reason I've been really digging these kind of songs, so... This is very summer um, focused for me. So here we go. This song is called Potato Chips. Potato chips. How my mouth just drips. Potato chips. How my mouth just drips. Crunch, crunch. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips. Oh. Potato chips. How my mouth just drips. Potato chips. How my mouth just drips. Potato chips. 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 Potato chips.
potato chips. How my mouth just drip. Potato chips. How my mouth just drip. Crunch, crunch. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips. No matter where it is, you'll always find a bag around. Be in a bar, a picnic, even a baseball ground. Okay, so we get the idea. Yeah, yeah. There is a sweet ass sax solo coming up, and I know Toenail loves some saxophone, so. He does, he does. If it's not right here, I'll stop. I think this is it. There it is. Wonder who it's playing. Oh, he played tenor saxophone, too, so it's probably him playing. Alright. Oh, yeah, it probably would be. Okay, I'll turn this down. Okay. I never heard of him. That was interesting. Thanks for playing that for me. I'm telling you, for some reason, I really started getting into this food, you know, song thing. So I have some other songs that I have as well that that do that. So next we're going Rocket, the Smashing Pumpkins. This is a Chuck pick. Yeah, yeah. So this this one is more specific to this summer. I've been really into the Smashing Pumpkins record Siamese Dream this summer. Oh my it's one of my it's, it's honestly one of my favorites. It's so good. Yes. It's and you know what? It's it's I don't know why in the nineties when it was happening I didn't really give Smashing Pumpkins the time of day. I, I maybe it's just because Billy Corgan annoyed me as a person. You know what? I, I'm the same I was in a band during this time. Yeah. And the band I was in we were called The Cellar Dwellers and the drummer and both guitar players loved this band and they forced me to learn this entire album on bass. Really? So we would sit in the basement and we would play it. We'd practice every day and we played this album so much that I ended up hating it and then absolutely loving it because I was like, wow, I can play these songs. How hard was it on bass? I've never sat down and tried to figure it out, but it doesn't seem that complicated. So obviously on the album, Billy Corgan played all the bass parts because Darcy couldn't play them. Yeah. For this album especially because a lot of the bass parts are kind of intricate, especially with Geek USA. Yeah. And that was something that we really prided ourselves on. We could play Geek USA flawlessly. I'm, I know this is bragging, but it was just nice You're being... You're bragging, Beach. It was nice being like 15, 16 Absolutely. and just... And these these guys were so into it. They were teaching me this is where I got my um, ability to play with a band and how to learn songs by ear. You know, that's the way they all learned. It was yeah, pretty cool. Cellar Dwellers was like a band of serious musicians, right? Like yeah. they were like actually Right. Well that's the problem. Uh two of them went to Berkeley. Right. And then the other one became a lawyer, but I mean he got guitar lessons three times a week. They were very focused and I was just a punk rock dude just fitting into their peg bro you know what I'm saying yeah one thing I can say after 25 years of doing this stuff is it really it's it's really important to play with people who are at or around your level because if somebody's like above you or below you it gets frustrating it gets frustrating for them right well Well, I see what you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just yeah I mean if you play with like a virtuoso I mean I'm you know I'm a hack so I'm not gonna keep up (laughs) Well, I played with Masahiro Ike Kitabayashi, and he was one of the best guitar players at that age and at any other age. I mean, he was just, he was a virtuoso. He loved, um, can't think of his name, the guitar player who died in the helicopter crash. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, yes. Loved him. One of his favorite guitar players, Jimi Hendrix, yada, yada, yada. 
right, so. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, some people are just preternaturally gifted at their instruments. Yes. But, yeah, so the reason, um, I do think this is a very summary song and a summary album because Billy Corgan has said, and I didn't understand at the time because I didn't know kind of the musical lineage of this, you know, all of those Seattle bands and what have you were going as, like, grinding and as nasty as possible, where this is influenced by bands like My Bloody Valentine and stuff. It's, you know, I didn't know this was a genre when I was 10 years old or whatever, but, you know, this album's very influenced by shoegaze. Yes. It's very, uh, there's tons of delay, and it's very dreamy. And well, I, the, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just, I think it lends it, uh, the dreaminess kind of lends it a good summer vibe. Well, I mean, the, the whole process of making this album as well, they made a whole, you know, video documenting everything, you know, how they, I, I think uh, Spencer from Discount Cemetery has this VHS and we watch it together. And of course I watched it with, you know, my band back in the day, yeah, yeah. you know, in the, in the mid nineties. But I just remember how they took everything and put it through a processor and then backed it out through the processor and, you know, some of the feedbacks on there because the guitar was such a piece of crap. Yeah, I and, did hear that. Yeah, yeah. And Billy Corbin was like, whatever, just leave it in there. And it ends up being a really cool part of, you know, of the song. Isn't so. that funny how that goes? Yes. All right. So here we are, the Smashing Pumpkins with Rocket. Remastered, 2011. I love that riff. Not to steal a Casey Armstrong phrase, but I feel like you just got to let this wash over you. Well, this isn't Junior Dad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Hummer as well. Like, yeah. I don't know if we can go to the hook on this one. These songs aren't really hooky. Yeah, this isn't hooky, but when it goes into that transition. Yeah. That's a little odd timing, too, a little bit. Right, yeah. God damn, this is like... Right here. Boom, boom. Boom. God damn, this is good. <laughs> I know. Okay. So yeah, that's rocking, right? Okay, yeah, and I'm saying if if you want another kind of summer vibe song off that album, definitely Hummer. Yeah. And that's that's something that Joel from uh, Thigh Thigh My Darling on Instagram. <laughs> Follow Joel at Thigh Thigh My Darling. Chicken he, thigh recipes galore. Yeah. Uh, he turned me on to that song. Like It's one of those songs that kind of wash over, you know, when you listen to it. It's just like, ah, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that song also is very good. Okay. I want to say Rocket was one of the one of the two. I think there were two songs that James Eha actually, like, played some role in writing. And I, oh, think, okay. I think Rocket was one of them. Yeah, he came out with a solo album after everything, you know, kind of broke apart. And it was very soothing and relaxing when you listen to it. It's like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. And Billy Corgan ripped it apart. He's like, I could have told him how to do it. And Spencer from Discount Cemetery said, shut up. This was his vision. You're not involved in it anymore. You yeah, know what I mean? And sorry, it's not a three-act rock opera about somebody being <laughs> uh, red-pilled or whatever their new album's about. Yeah, but but I kind of I kind of didn't see that perspective until Spencer made it clear. You know, it's like this was this is now him being able to to do what he wants to do. Yeah, Billy Corgan is no longer in control. Well, he's I mean Billy Corgan's clearly very type A, right? But but that's fine. <laughs> Scott the pace. Um, the, <laughs> the thing is, is that he is very. Um, what what they say he's uh, Menza, right? Yeah, he's Menza? very smart. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah, I and, can see that. In music, he was very gifted. So, 
now this is the <laughs> anyway go listen okay. to, go listen to Siamese yeah. Dream I don't even think oh yeah it's a, a great Mel- album Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness had more hits off it but I think Siamese uh, Dream is way better I agree it, it is one of the best albums I think out there okay so next we're going Rest Easy Hey Maxine this is a new band that I just started listening to they are pretty dope I was just telling Chuck about them yeah um, today I'm how, excited to how hear it's like this. a Kid Dynamite lifetime collab and it's done very well where it's angering and it's so enjoyable. It's like, wow, this is so good to hear something like this again. So this is Hey Maxine by Rest Easy. Right, right in between those two bands, Yeah, and huh? it's got that little bit of like old title fight too, you know what I mean? The, I, was, I was trying to figure out whose voice that reminds me. It definitely kind of sounds like the Gerson title fight a little bit. Hey, Maxine. Okay. So, I'm pretty sure okay. that, the, that I'm looking at pictures of this band. I'm pretty sure that's Jimmy Walsh right there. Okay. Do you know Jimmy Walsh? Refresh. Jimmy Walsh uh, was a guy from Philly. He was the first drummer in Little League, and then he moved out to, well, that's wa- not to, to pro- Washington. To first pl- first drummer from Little League was the drummer from Red, White, and Blue, Joe Clark. Uh, Clark. All right. Um, so the what's first, his name? The first longer-term drummer Oh, okay, okay. League. I forget but, his last name. Yeah, he moved out to Washington to play in the Shook Ones, and I'm pretty sure that's him okay and it does say members of dagger mouth and the shook ones oh wow so there you go so they got a philly connection you didn't know <laughs> i didn't know anything all right so where are we going next what do you want to hear do you want to hear all right let's go the suicide machines oh yeah with okay hey. all right so let's go ahead all right so this is just timeless man i i mean so to me besides the operation ivy energy album which is but far and away the best ska punk album of all time, okay. in, my, in my opinion. Assorted jelly beans. I mean, that would be mine, brain dead. You know what I'm saying? Album. You know, uh, I got to revisit that one. Uh, it's not that good. Um, <laughs> right, maybe I don't. Then. You the, can listen to it, but it's not as good. It's not as uh, polished. But go ahead, I apologize. The first Suicide Machines record, Destruction by Definition, is just so goddamn good. I think it's the perfect mix of those two things. Okay. And this is. Much like Sublime, which we covered in detail in one of the first, I think, ten episodes of Oof. the show. Um, this is one of those records that I reach for every right when the weather starts getting warm every year without fail. Okay, so here we are. The Suicide Machines. The Suicide Machines with Hay. my gosh. Folks, Chuck is moshing. I am. Picking up the change, folks. 
floor punch. Going to AC. No. It's true though. Here we go. Ready? I, I did have it. It's one of those albums that was just kind of like. I remember when I first saw it. What was the was the. Get this. Is there anybody out there? There's anybody, anybody know? know? Yeah, that yeah. that music video. I remember I was like, wow, this is really good. Bam, and then bam, SOS. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, yeah. We. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I. And it's funny because that came out on a major label and. The second one, the the second one, Battle Hymns is pretty good, but I mean, they've been kind of chasing the glory of that first record. Of course, ever yeah. Since. It's funny. It, it's something. I mean, obviously to a far lesser degree, but I kind of felt that like Mad Splatter, my old band, now still weird to say, the third song that we wrote was Zombie Zombie, and that was the song that everybody associated with us and everybody wanted to hear, and it sort of felt like we felt we spent 15 years trying to write Zombie Zombie again. Well, I have to say Urge to Kill blows it out of the water, so that's, that's where I stand. Well, I mean, you know, that that song certainly has its uh, mm, okay. has its fans, but yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're moving on. I'd have to say Jesse Stone, Coleslaw is my next song. So we're just sticking with the food vibes? Well, not not all through. Hey, I did have Hey Maxine, uh, so give me give me a break. But yeah, this is another one of those old tracks. Coleslaw, It Rocks, Toenail, get on it. It's pretty much a recipe on how to make coleslaw. <laughs> get so out here of we here. go. Cabbage raw. Can't be beat. Just a simple southern treat is fine with me or with anything you eat. Your chops flip flop. You're enjoying every drop. Your teeth go pop. You never stop. Yes, and I'm right. very coleslaw. All right, so it all started when I got onto this kick with um, Cab Calloway. He had these two songs um, Everybody Eats When You Come to My House. <laughs> And I love That's that. A great song title. Oh my gosh, I love it. And I heard that song, I was like, "Whoa, this is awesome." And then he sang another song about fried chicken. Um, chicken ain't nothing but a bird. You ever hear that song? No. Chicken ain't nothing but a bird. 
Oh yeah. man! So yeah, I heard those. Cab Calloway song. Yes. Yeah, so I found those. I heard those two songs, and then I just went on this hunt for every kind. Because I was Red like, man, if, I was like, <laughs> yes. I dyed my hair pitch black, changed my name to Alec Baldwin, told him to ping twice if he was going to surrender. Wow, that's too much information about the <laughs> for October. Um, so what I did was I just searched constantly for just foods and songs, and it had to be old, old like big band stuff. Yeah, like yeah. there's other songs like Java. Java Jive, I think that's one of the songs. Another one. Oh man, it's so good. But yeah, I just love, I love those old kind of songs. It's just fun. You know Does what I mean? Watts enjoy those? Um, she doesn't yell at me when I'm listening to it, <laughs> but I don't think she's a super fan, which is fine. It's very specific. Yes. Okay. Did so, you try making some coleslaw from the recipe? Well, it's not against the law. You know what I mean? I had to work out my jaw. So yes, I do like coleslaw. But I'm not a big fan when they put a ton of sugar in it. TJ, what do you feel about that? Anyone else out there? Not NordicPod at gmail.com. Let us know how you like your coleslaw. Do you like it with a lot of sugar? Because I don't. All right, so we're going to the next track. Fountains of Wayne, Radiation Vibe. Okay, so what? What? Uh, what's your experience with Fountains of Wayne? Uh, you know, isn't it Johnny's mom? is Stacy's mom. Oh, that's what it is. I'm sorry. E. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Johnny's mom. <laughs> who, by the way, there's a whole there's a video that's going around about how what a creep Stacy's mom was. Like, yeah, I mean she's pretty, but I think that's the point of the song anyway. I digress. But they're they're a band that I think was kind of unfairly pigeonholed by their one hit. I think they wrote really really amazing pop songs. I don't know if you know, but the bass player who unfortunately passed away right at the beginning of COVID in 2020. He actually wrote That Thing You Do, the song from oh, That Thing okay. You Do. Yeah, they're, they're very talented songs. For the Oneaters, right? Yes. Okay. He, he ghost wrote for the Oneaters. Okay. Anyway, uh, Radiation Vibe is the first song off their first record, and this is a big-time summertime record for me. All right, here we go. Fountains of Wayne with Radiation Vibe. Turn the tunes up, bro! Sorry, bro -ham. Don't ask me what this song's about, by the way. Sound like it's about heroin. Did you lose the monkey? Oh, could be. So. Maybe you're right. Hell yeah. It has me intrigued. And then the next song on that record is a song called Sink to the Bottom, which I think is really depressing because the, the chorus just goes... It's about the Titanic? Probably. It, the, the chorus is, the, I want to sink to the bottom with you. The ocean is deep and blue, and I want to sink to the bottom with you. Wow. I don't know what's going on there, but it doesn't sound like anything good. Did it come out in the late 90s? Mid-90s. Okay, so it, before Titanic. Yeah, I want to say that album came out in 94. Okay. Titanic definitely 98. 
97. December 97. Oh, okay. Yep. 97, 98, yeah, that's when I worked there. I 90, 98 is when it blew up big time. Okay. So do you have one more? No, you have one more, and I have two more. Oh, I, I did one more? Yeah, you have... Uh, okay. I'm not going to reveal it. Oh, sorry. I'm not going to reveal it. So, for a while, I was never into this band called Cruel Hand. Okay? Right, Never yeah. got into them, never listened to them, and uh, Watts got me Spotify, and I was like, you know what? Let me just check them out. Let me give them a listen. That's the beauty of Spotify. And I went to the album that looked the most ridiculous. It was pink, it was blue, it was gray, and it's called they covered- Negatives. They covered Aerosmith? It's called... Ding. It's my favorite <laughs> cover. Um, so, it was the weirdest looking album. I was like, this is album is probably the album that everyone hates. This is their transition album. Sure. You know what I mean? So, I was like, let me just give it a listen to. It's on Hopeless Records. Um, I heard this first song. Man, I was hooked with this band and this album. Because I can't listen to anything else. Because this is... This is the legitness, I feel. All right. All right so, I'm here we go. Hear this. this song is called Pissing... Spitting by the band Cruel Hand. That doesn't sound very COVID friendly. Pissing in the wind, spitting at the rain. It's very angry. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Alright, yeah, the album, I mean, the album's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. There's, there's some stuff we listen to and you're like, okay, this is definitely MTV 2001, this part, you know. Yeah. The singing kind of stuff. But you know what? It does not bother me. Yeah, it's... I it's, enjoy it, the whole album. Yeah, it's kind of... It reminds me a little of Hope Conspiracy at times. Oh, okay, I can yeah, see that, yeah. Yeah, almost a little, like... What is that, the Nihilist album or whatever? Like, when they started to change? Cause, yeah, when it almost had, like, more of a rock and roll band yes. to it. There's a little bit of... You know that band, The Bronx? There's a little yes. bit of that in there yes. as well. Okay. Yeah, I dig it. I I'll, see that. I'll, pro- I'll probably listen to that record. Okay, this is the last track from Chucky e. D. This is called Positive Tension by Block Party. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, well, do you know Block Party? Yes, they're like an English group that sings songs about positive tension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, this record's really got to be almost 20 years old at this point. And I just think this is a really good summertime record. I think it's good front to back. I don't... I don't really vibe with their other stuff as much as this first album. Which don't, is, don't don't they have that one song, uh, something about a miracle or? Are you hoping for a miracle? miracle? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that song's good. Yeah, is that on this album? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're listening to Block Party. The song is called Positive Tension. Okay, R two D two taking a shit. <laughs> Constant 
That's a weird groove on the drums, man. That's cool. It's different, though. It's like when uh, Ben Gibbard played on that um, Postal Service song. Very basic, very simple, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it works. Yeah. I can see driving down to the beach, playing this, you know what I mean? Grooving in the traffic. Made it, to, made it to the hook. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I think that record rules. I actually, it's funny when that when I really got into that record, I would ask people like, "What some other stuff I should check out?" Because I'm into this, and I think a lot of people said like Depeche Mode and those kind of things. Okay. I don't know. Nothing ever hit me the way that one record by Block Party did. Is that song Miracle? That song on is that on this album? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. <laughs> fuck. I'm bad with song titles. I think it's That's called. Okay. I think it's called Banquet of. Balder- Miracles? Balderdash. <laughs> Banquets of Balderdash. Nice. I love it. Hang on. Let's uh, vent for one second. We'll, we'll play a second of that one, too. Okay. Since it's kind of a different vibe. Yeah. I've, um, I mean, I can Helicopter. Look up. Helicopter? Yeah. Want me to play it? All right. Let me look that up real quick. Okay. Folks, he's getting another song. Uh, okay. So. I'm getting a bonus song. Getting a bonus song. I think that's really kind of uh, rude. But, um, okay. Yes. Yeah, this, this, is, this, this stands out, as you know. This is genius. Oh, you're getting a bonus song, folks, here on the One Not Nordic Podcast. It's a two for Tuesday. This is a Chuck pick. Yeah, this is like the hit. Yeah. This is really good. Cannot deny this is being a bop, a bopper doodle dandy, as I like to call him. Anyway, I apologize for getting a bonus pick. What's your? I mean, I mean, I think I should get a bonus pick too. But you know what? I'm, I'm not. Hey, I'm not I... going to do it. Okay. Listen, this is why TJ is allowed to write in whatever he wants because <laughs> we got 33 minutes of unplanned content thus far out of it, out of his message. Okay, now listen. Now this, now this pick is going to be, you know could be controversial oh okay now 
What is it? You're Tom DeLong. Mr. Grinch? Oh, Tom shit. DeLong oh. might come after me, Oh, folks. shit. Tom DeLong oh. might come after now, see, Are you about to say that aliens don't exist? Is that what you're about to do? What I'm trying to say is, is that this song is a summer jam all around basketball circle style. Okay, here we go. This song is Porno for Pyro's Pets. So what 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 issue does Tom, Tom DeLonge have with pets? Isn't the whole song about will be great pets to aliens? Oh! Right, <laughs> Hello! Right. All right, let's hear it. All right, here we go. This isn't a summer jam. TJ, out on the beach, got that blunt lit, looking hey, up at the hey. sky. The blunt full of tobacco. Exactly. What do you think I'm talking about? You stoner, dude? Funky bass. Wasn't Flea in this? And Dave Navarro? Well, Dave Navarro is the original guitar player. Flea, uh, like, went on tour with them when they did a reunion. Okay. Oh, no, and Flea, no, Flea is in J... No, I'm sorry. Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction. Dave Navarro wasn't in this thing. This is Perry Farrell's side project. I'm not, I'm not, you know. No, no, I wasn't like trying to force it. I, I got the information wrong myself. That's I was correcting myself. I think, yeah, one of the lyrics is like talking about, I think this is it right here. See, they have the race take over for us. Maybe Martians. Maybe Martians. See, did you say maybe Martians can do better than we've done? Yeah. I've been kind of thinking about that the last couple of years. You might be right. <laughs> we'll make great pets. Yeah, so it's about the aliens yeah. coming and making this. That's awesome. Do you hear this lick? Man. I could I could see a video of TJ hitting a wave, coming in with this plane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on, toenail. Make it happen. Yes. Hey, hey. Yeah. Tone. <laughs> hunky, hunky tone. All right, you got a bonus pick or no? Um, I mean, I could throw Fugazi waiting room on, but. Yeah. But. All right, screw it. I'll just throw it on there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's my here's my extra. I mean, jeez, Louise. And I tr- I brought this to cellar dwellers when I was in the band. Really? Yeah. I was like, "What do you guys think about covering this?" And they were like, "No, this really? is this is too hard." Really? Yeah, like too tough. But they like the pauses, you know that. I mean, anybody that's into punk or hardcore, like, knows how you felt the first time you heard the big find of this song. I mean, right. this shit is, this shit is seminal, yes. It's funny to think about, like, what people must have felt like in the 80s when they heard through, I don't know, Carrier Pigeon or whatever, however it is that people communicate. Bro, it's called The Scene. Get your moshing facts straight. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. When they heard that the dude from Minor Threat was starting a new band, and then they heard that. like Right. I mean, that that had to be... 
I mean, Fugazi, you know, we could talk about Fugazi for an hour. What a fucking band, man. Did you see the thing? They did an interview with the drummer not too long ago where he says that when they're all in D.C., they just, like, get together and jam in somebody's basement just for fun. What's that new band? The, uh, It's, like, him and a girl. Oh, that's, um... They did, like, some documentary on it, didn't they? I saw... It, that was his wife, or is his wife. I saw them play, actually. Did you? Yeah. What are they called? I can't fucking think of it, but he... He's also in a new band with the drummer from Fugazi. Okay. Yeah, uh, they're called Koriki, and it's it sounds like it's going to be the closest you ever get to an actual Fugazi reunion. Okay. So do, you, do we want to go over anything we've been into just in general, um, as opposed to... Uh, summer or do we want to move on um because i was going to mention i had a couple other things i was going to mention if you're all at all interested in hearing them okay or do are we done listening to music we are well why why don't we end this seg we got some young teenagers uh, about to cause a ruckus they just ate a they just ate a bunch of lunch and i think they're football players and i think it's uh they're getting ready to go back to school and that dude looks like he he was coming out of his three is he drunk? He kind of seems like he's drunk. Uh, everyone can be drunk when you come out of a buffet, bro. You know what I'm saying? Drunk on General, General Tso's. <laughs> anyway, just give us about 69 seconds, seconds and we'll be right back. All right. So we're back. There's still a ruckus going on, but we're going to work through it. That's the that's the adventure of We're Not Nordic. Yeah. We like to uh, just kind of go, go with the Go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, to close things out today... We're going to do a cameo quiz. Yeah. To refresh everybody's memory, cameo quiz is when... So cameo, for those of you living under a rock, because I think it's a lot bigger now than it was when we first started doing cameo quiz. Yeah, R.I.P. Gilbert. I mean, he was like the the main state there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Although I do do still think the one with the saxophone guy for TJ is an all-time classic. That is, and he immediately took it down because he promoted We're Not Nordic in it. Did he? He did. He took it it off of his, you know, um, his site. All right, well, we're fighting. No, no. No, we're lucky. We're lucky that we got it. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, All right, so, yeah, so Cameo is um, when you pay a celebrity, be it A, B, C, or D list, to give a personal message to a person you know, happy birthday, good luck with the thing, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Um, we talked about the Undertaker ones, which were really funny a long time ago yes. when Undertaker did ones in character. Hello, Sebastian. Yes. So the object of the cameo game, which, by the way, uh, Howard Stern did steal from us. I'm, yes. conv- I'm convinced that he was listening to our show and stole this idea. I don't know if he can. I don't know if that's the fact, but he definitely did take our idea and then blast it all over his garbage show now. <laughs> no, he, he was listening to We're Not Nordic. I'm convinced okay. of it. He's one of the 24? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have any response to that. Um, all, all right, right so... So you need to, they set their own prices. So the prices are weird and all over the place. So the object of this game is to guess how much a certain person's cameo costs. Okay. Uh, I did do a theme this time. Uh, nice. I, I have five for you, and the theme is Seinfeld. Ooh. And I believe I gave you a twenty dollar cushion either way. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay. So you ready? Let's go. Okay. I'm trying to think where I want to start here. Let's start with one Kenneth Banya. Steve Heitner. 
Okay. I've been working out. I'm huge. Okay. Why don't they call it round, round team? team. Steve, Steve Heitner. The can is round. The cup is round. Why don't they call it round team? It's gold, Jerry. Gold, Jerry. It's gold. Okay. Okay. So what, what else has he done? Okay, let's let's I pull mean, let's pull it up. I mean that that's the thing I'm trying to think of because if I can know his his uh his other um partakings. Uh, well, his Wikipedia says he's perhaps best known as Kenny Banya, but he Yikes. appeared as a regular in something called The 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage. Okay. Uh Hardball and Working. Working the Fred Savage show that lasted for like 10 episodes. Uh, several episodes of Ro- Roswell, occasional episodes of CSI, Friends, The King of Queens. So he's he's okay. a journeyman. Well, he's like a character actor, right? He, right. Okay, so he was in the, the he was in the Prophecy with Christopher Walken. Okay, uh, so so Seinfeld is his claim to fame, more or less. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking with him, I'm gonna spit it out there. I'm just going seventy five. $195. Wow! That's that scene. I think you can really tell which people like actually want to do these and which people wow. are like, only if I get a lot of fucking money. Wow, I am shocked. All right, let's go. Wow, I am shocked. Let's go to... All right, so you're not going to recognize this guy's name. His name is Anthony Maxwell Cravello. Okay. Uh, he was one of the two guys who made a couple appearances in Seinfeld, the... Gay gentlemen who are always intimidating. The okay, and the who other... who does not want to wear the ribbon? Right, and the other guy was Jambi. Well, right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. What what don't you understand? We're taking the armor. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Anthony Maxwell Cravello. Okay. So he's the one that said, "Who wants two dudes in a ribbon?" Right. Okay, because the other one is what's his name? The Jambi. guy from yeah. Jambi, and he's from um, Twin Sitters. He wrote Twin Sitters. Oh, Twin Sitters, former punching bag Twin Sitters. Yes, classic movie. Check it out. You will not regret it. It is very enjoyable. It is free on YouTube. Thank you very much. And find our review in the archives, wherever that is. Yes. I, wish, I, should, I, I might make it a project to go through the old ones and do like a... Um, like um, a spreadsheet, editing, of, yeah. a spreadsheet of what what punching bags are where. You know, if you did do that, you would see that there'd be an upheaval of uh, new listeners because that's what people do. They type in something. And then it comes up, you know, because if you type in something that we did, okay. Any, let's anyway. Yeah. That's that, that's behind uh, behind baseball. I'm working on it. You I'm working I mean? on it. Okay. Um, I can take guidance occasionally. Okay. So what else was he in? Was he in anything else? Okay. Let's take. Okay. A, let's I'm sorry, folks. Look. Come on. He's trying to. He's trying to stump me here. I'm trying Maxwell to. Maxwell. Okay. Cravello. So he was in. Seinfeld doing that. They were in what two, three episodes. They were pretty minor players. I think they were only in the two because in the second episode, oh. on says he's known for his vast range and experience in stage and screen performance. Okay. Uh, he was he was in Broadway on Les Mis, Kiss of the Spider Woman, and a few other things. Uh, Phantom of the Opera. Wow. Um, he did he play the? Who did he play in Phantom of the Opera? Was he just a title role? Really? Yeah, he actually won a Tony for Kiss of the Spider Woman. So he's an accomplished stage actor. Okay, so then, hearing that. But as far as movies, it's like Crocodile Dundee Part 2, Shakedown. Okay, I think I remember Minder, in Part 2. T- uh, Jane Austen's Mafia, if anybody remembers that movie. <laughs> I don't. Well, he was one of the the, the, the punks, right? I, it's been so long since i seen that. Uh, I'd have to take your word for okay. it. Okay. Monster Mash, the movie that came out. He he played something in Independence Day. I don't remember what it was. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't know. All right, so he was in Independence Day. He was in Seinfeld. 
and he was a Tony, he's a Tony Award winner, huh? So, that sounds like it's going to be pretty high. Oh, it could be pretty low. Dang it. That's the challenge of this game, my friend. I'll do 60. Oh, man, it's 100. Damn. Damn! All right, so this one is one that we won't have to look up. So this this guy, okay. well, this guy is not a, an actor by trade. Go ahead. Uh, from the two-parter episode, The Boyfriend, former New York Met, Keith Hernandez. Uh, 275. 175. Mother humper. That's all right. We're just getting back first into this. First baseman, right? Yeah, I guess he played first base. <laughs> Did he? Did, I, are you just guessing? No, I believe he was. I think that was my brother's favorite player back in the day. Really? Yes. Shout out to brother of the show, Warren. Yes. Yeah, first base. Just like John Crook. Yeah, the guy who started McDonald's. The guy who, I mean, he was overweight, so he really couldn't play any other positions. Well. Bless his heart. Didn't he have, like, an extra long glove, too? Wasn't that his thing? His glove was extended? Well, that and the fact that he, his jersey was always stained from tobacco, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. All right, you got two more to at least get on the board. Okay, let's go. Okay, so, John O'Hurley. You know who that is? Uh, he's the guy that also did uh, The Price is Right, correct? Jay Peterman. Yes. All right, so John O'Hurley. I'm going to vamp for a minute here. Okay. Uh, he was also the original King Neptune on SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Hosted a Family Feud from 2006 to 2010. Family Feud, not yeah. The Price is Right. I apologize. That's what I meant. Yeah, I was going to say that was Drew Carey's gig right right after uh, What's-His-Head retired. <laughs> yes, Bob. <laughs> Get it, folks? Bob Barker. That's my joke. It's my stand-up act. Very so, good, very good. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I mean, yeah, he's Standing a working o. actor. He's been in all kinds of things. Yeah, so I'm I'm going I'm going high with this one. I'm going two seventy five. hundred and ninety nine dollars. Why? Come on. You're worth more see, I'm promoting these people. I'm saying you're worth more than that. That's how that's how nice of a guy I am. Yeah, because you know he he probably does the voice and everything. Right. Elaine. I can't do Peter. Hello, Elaine, you entomans at the end of the <laughs> All right, ready? Last <laughs> one. I save the best, no, the the most well known for last. Okay, go ahead. Wayne Knight Newman. Ugh. I don't know if I really like him anymore. We Lo- can... loved him. In... Okay, we can debate that later. Okay, Jurassic Park. Right. Dobson. We got Dobson <laughs> here. See, nobody cares. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. We'll get to that later too. Um. Damn. One fifty. $330. What the hell? Oh, man. O for O. o. Yeah, oh, well, well. You'll do better next yeah, time. It's folks. fine. So what? let's get into this quickly. What's your beef with Wayne Knight? Uh, no, no, no. I, I watched this whole um, thing where it starts breaking down you know, on YouTube where they break down the scenes from Jurassic Park. Right. And there's things that you miss that he says. When he says, don't get cheap with me, Dawson. Yeah, yeah. He says, that's what blah, blah, blah did. What's I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy from Jurassic Park, the old man. Oh, Hammond. Yeah, so he said that's what Hammond did, and I don't remember ever hearing that until they pointed it out. Huh. He said, "Don't get cheap with me, Dawson." That's what Hammond did, and that shows why he turned oh. and why he got that money to do all that jazz. Yeah, so he so. feel he feels like he was an oh, okay. All yeah, right. I know. See, YouTube is good. Me tube is all right. E. 
So what else before we do uh, uh, drawing from the bags? So you got anything else? Um, I think I think that's I think that's all she wrote, bro. I think let's let's get this bag. Let's go home to Watts and, and Gots and Bots, baby of the show. Gots, Bots, and Dots. You and dog of the show. Dog of the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I had movies well, last time. There's two time. dogs of the show, so we got to differentiate. Uh, that's true. And then there's DM of the show. Yes. Oh, Solar Forge Miniatures. Oh, is that what Solar it's... Forge Miniatures on Etsy. Check it out, folks. Shout out, shout out. Shout out to you. All right. This is another JPEG. Yeah, I got a JPEG too. What the heck? Ace of Base, The Bridge, 1995, music. Okay, all right. Okay. So. Ace of Base, The Bridge, 1995. How much How much can I talk about uh, the problematicness of the one dude from ACDC? Uh, or AC, ACDC? Well, I think you, they're all fine. Okay. <laughs> how much can I talk about the problematicness of the one dude from Ace of Base? Oh, I mean, we can get there when we when we review his, it, bro. Uh, his checkered past. Well, let's get there. Let's review it. Let's, let's bring it up when we review it. How about that? Let's save uh, it. All right, then. So the film is directed by Gary Marshall, 1994's Exit to Eden. Oh, my gosh. Starring Rosie O'Donnell and Dan Aykroyd. Okay. What, what made you put this one in there? Uh, I just remember a lot of controversy with it. I remember the trailer. You know what I mean? Was like Rosie walking around in like S and M gear. Yeah, she. It's on the poster. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remember there's a lot of uh, hubbub about it. Dan Aykroyd's got a sweet porno mustache. There you go. And guess what? To bring to bring things back again, this will be our second Gary Marshall punching bag because there you go. he directed New Year's Eve. Horrible. Remember New Year's Eve? I do. I came across five, a, four, three, two, one. Happy now. Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> New Year's Evil was way better. Uh, did we watch that? Yeah, we did. We oh, did. that's right. Remember yeah, that's the, the radio. The radio. Yeah, that was supposed to be based off Howard Stern. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah remember we read it was in the. Uh, oh right. Thing. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I came across an old Facebook status because they knew they do memories, and mine I had written that I was watching New Year's Eve. And I just wrote how terrible it was. And uh, wife of the show, Melissa, responded, Jay hasn't watched anything yet. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. So next episode, D3 the Mighty Ducks and uh, the Proclaimers. I assume it's the uh, the, uh, the album with oh, yeah, When I Wake Up. <clears throat> well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. And then uh, two episodes from now, Exit to Eden, starring uh-huh. the incomparable Rosie O'Donnell uh-huh. and Dan Aykroyd Daniel. and uh, Ace of Base, The Bridge. Is that the one with I Saw the Sign? I believe so. I Saw the Sign and All She Wants is Another Baby. Oh, And that had to come out, what, uh, mid-'95. Oh, Duh. I owned it. I did. Okay. I, I'll, I'll come out and say it. Wait a minute. Did I say 95? There's no way it could be 95. No, it sounds like it was earlier It had that. to be because I was in uh, grade school. I remember when that song came out. Yeah, October 30th, 1995. Um, this, actually, this does not have the hits. Oh, okay. Uh, this, the sign, 1993, is the one with the That's hits. the do one. Do you want to change it? No, 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 no. Let's, Bro, do, let's, let's do the Let's keep the bridge. All right, the bridge it is. Okay. Um, were there any hits on... I don't know what If any... there isn't, that'll make it even better, bro. Both songs reached the top of the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Club play chart. Okay, I... Lucky Lou. Lucky Long. <laughs> lucky, lucky. <laughs> What's the... What is... <laughs> Long. 
Lucky love. Lucky love, okay. You gotta get your prescription changed. Huh? Bro. Who said that? I'm feeling around, folks. Fine. Who is that? You have a beautiful face. Go ahead. Following the release of the album, never gonna say I'm sorry. Anyway, we'll get in and get in. Oh all yeah, this we will. We talk about we'll it. Rip we'll rip it. The nuts and bolts, as they say, we'll get granular. Yes. And uh, that'll happen uh, when it happens. Guess what? This has been episode sixty-nine, dude. It's August thirtieth, right? Yeah, August thirtieth, right now, right this second. Yeah. So August I want to give a shout out to Beth. Happy birthday, DM of the shows, main squeeze. It is her birthday today, and... Happy birthday, Beth. Happy to the happiest. Thank you very much for uh, still continuing to let me use your Discovery Plus account. Uh, I mean, I did trade my Paramount Plus login for it, but... Girlfriend of the show very much enjoys Food Network, so we nice. make good use of the Discovery Plus. Nice. So, cheers to you for that, and just being a generally good human being. Happy, there you go. happy birthday, Beth. Quality. And uh, Solar Forge Miniatures on Etsy. Discount Down Cemetery. cemetery. <laughs> this is the end of the show. Plugs, folks. Culture popped. Culture uh, popped. I, How do you spell that? that? <laughs> Culture. I don't even know if that's still a thing, but it, it is. It, is I, it? I went on there the other day. Yes. What else? What else? What else should we plug? Oh, th- follow Joel at Thigh Thigh My Darling. Thigh Thigh My Darling. If you're listen- looking for uh, chicken recipes, um, follow TJ on Instagram at uh, Tony Touchdown. If that's something you're interested in. Yes, thank you so much again. Everyone, just write in. Just let us know what you think. Stop now or keep going. Guess what? Doesn't matter. We're gonna keep going. Yeah. So yeah, literally, I'll read whatever you write in. Even exactly. If it's just like shut the fuck up. Exactly. I, I don't care. Yes, we we do not care. We don't wear no underwear. Okay. All right. On that note, On always that note. remember to always, always swerve the yunk. Swerve that yunk. Go, Uncle, Uncle Buck, Buck Wild. Wild, and most We're, importantly, we are not. Nordic. Good night and good luck.